The following is an interview between me and Stacey Honowitz, a 30-year veteran of the Florida State Attorney's Office and supervisor of the Sex Crimes and Child Abuse Unit. If you're a parent that gave your child a cell phone or permit them to be in social media, this might be very eye-opening. Parental discretion is advised. A boy and a girl at school, they had engaged in sexual contact at a party. He told his friend to film it. Mm. The friend filmed the whole thing put it on social media the next day. She tried to take her life because of what happened. Jeez. And he, they all got in trouble, you know, they all got in trouble for, they got suspended from the school, expelled, suspended, court the whole nine yards. Welcome fellow humans to the Public and Permanent Podcast from IROC2.org, a collection of stories shared by you every week to help develop our digital consciousness, cultivating a productive, positive, and powerful global village. I am your host, Richard Gary. Let's go. My guest today is Stacey Honowitz out of Florida. And what I like to do is really let my guests tell you who they are better than me tell you who they are. So um, Stacey, if you wouldn't mind just telling um, our listeners who you are, what you do, and we'll go from there. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. It's my pleasure to be here today because we're going to talk about something very important. My name is Stacy Honowitz, and I'm a supervisor in the Sex Crimes and Child Abuse Unit of the Broward State Attorney's Office down here in Broward County, Florida. And I deal with all cases dealing from little kids starting at the age of three, and I can have an adult victim who my oldest one was 78. And I deal with all sex crimes, all cases involving sexting, texting, molestation, rape, uh, anything that you read about in the news, anything that you hear about on TV that has to deal with the sex crime, my office is responsible for that. And I also go out and I lecture and I talk about the stuff that we're gonna talk about today. Yeah, so pretty, it's pretty, pretty heavy topic. Um, I know you deal with a lot of different uh, different types of sex crimes. Um, based on this podcast, you know, we, we focus a lot on technology. So my first question would really be, as the evolution of technology and the different types of apps have grown in popularity, and kids at a younger age are also getting more powerful digital tools and access to more powerful apps, um, would you be able to just describe some of the things that you're seeing kids post online that are calling the wrong attention to themselves and maybe calling attention from predators to those kids and why, you know, how this could be a problem. Well, I know that you've talked about before and we will talk about the idea that technology can be fabulous or it can be, it could be your best friend or it could be your worst enemy. Kids don't realize the capabilities of technology, just how far out things stretch, how many people have access to their information, what could happen if people do get access to their information and how quite frankly, they themselves can get themselves in trouble as being a victim of a horrific, technological act mm-hmm. or being a defendant because they themselves have sexted or texted or shown pictures or promoted child pornography. So we've seen an evolution in a lot of the cases involving kids that become victims because they share their personal information, which is let out to predators and they begin these conversations with them and they kind find comfort in speaking to these people that they don't know. And the flip side to that is we see a lot of cases, unfortunately, now where kids have this powerful tool and they don't realize that what they're doing is committing a crime when they send a naked picture or when they send a video, things of that nature. So we kind of are seeing it on both spectrums. Like what would be a tip, like what would be a story that you might be able to share with our listeners, especially if there's any parents or or kids listening 
that they might be able to learn from, like an actual an actual case that I know you can't get into detail, but maybe an actual case that would be very eye-opening. Help our listeners understand the reality of what you're sure. facing and seeing every day. Yeah, you know, I do lecture a lot and parents' eyes are always, you know, I always take note when they're sitting in the lecture because they're gasping and their eyes are like, you know, they bugging out of their head because they can't believe the reality of what I do see. The cases that I see a lot of are, I see young girls and boys both taking advantage of Instagram, Facebook, any of the other apps where they can directly message an individual. Even on TikTok, things like that that we saw. There right. was just a snap. headline about TikTok saying that they have the largest amount of pedophiles that watch TikTok. And why is that? That's because we see a lot of things on TikTok that are open to the public and that people have this idea that if people are watching and if they're fans, they think it's a good thing. They don't realize that once a message gets to them or once a predator starts talking to them, they kind of get caught up in that trap. Predators are master manipulators. And when young girls or young boys are getting this kind of fanfare and starting conversations and giving out personal information, eventually we see cases where the predator asks the victim to meet them. And because that person that's been on TikTok or Instagram or any of those things has now developed kind of a relationship with this person, they feel free to go and meet this individual. We've had a ton of those cases where girls 13, 14, 12, 11 have snuck out of a house because this person that's been speaking to them behind the computer, who they might think is maybe even a girl or but we know we don't know who the person is, right. then make a plan to meet with them and they sneak out of the house and they go with them. So we see a lot of those cases where technology is playing this big role in strangers meeting kids and kids kind of reacting. Manipulators and pedophiles will promise a lot of things. If you meet me, I'll get you a new computer. I'll upgrade you. If your parents want to take you to Apple, I'll take you to Apple. Mm -hmm. They won't let you have this app, I'll show you how to do it. So that's where we find a lot of cases because kids don't realize that they're kind of being sucked in. That's where the awareness has to come in. So that's giving out personal information and meeting. That's one way. The other way is the common way that we see in classes now is this. We go to a party. Two kids start to kiss. Maybe one girl starts to take off her shirt or takes off her pants and people start snapping photos. Mm -hmm. They start putting those photos online and sending them out. They don't realize that if they transmit that kind of pornography and it's deemed nudity and pornography, all these things, it is now a crime. And what happens in a lot of cases that I see is we have 13 and 14 year old girls or even an 18 year old or 17 year old boy and a 14 year old girl, the 17 year old boy says, listen, if you don't perform a sex act on me, I'm going to text out this photo of you naked. That's kind of sextortion. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing all these sexual innuendos now playing a role kind of meshing with technology and we are getting these cases. So I do have a number of those cases. I have a case now where the girl, 13 years old, he's 32. She was on TikTok. She was dancing and singing and gyrating and doing all those things. Mm -hmm. Someone acknowledged it, said they liked it. They started a conversation. Lo and behold, the next case that I got in is she met him. She went outside and lo and behold, a rape took place. Mm -hmm. um, so those, you know, I, I have stories that can go on you know, for months, for years, because this is what we're seeing consistent. And that's why it's so important that parents helicopter. I wrote an article for um, a blog at fatherly one of the fatherly.com or something. And it was, should you be a helicopter? Is it bad to be a helicopter parent? Okay. Because so many people say, oh, I want to give my kid freedom. When it comes to technology, 
you really do have to be a helicopter parent. You really, because you don't know what's going on when the door is shut, when they're in their room, and when they're on the phone. Thumbs, I say thumbs, you know, are, are, are their biggest asset now because they just feel like they are kind of invincible and mm -hmm. going behind the screen is going to protect them when it's not. Yeah, I often say technology is, a, is an incredible tool of convenience or it could be a, wealth, a weapon of self-destruction. It's really yeah. on how you're using it. One of the things that we're seeing, and I'm not sure if you've heard these terms like sugar daddies and sugar babies, but yeah. you know, you'll have a lot of um, individuals who are actually, like you said, they're offering to pay uh, young girls money through Venmo or Patreon yeah. and they're paying them for $5 for feet pics. And then all of a sudden it's $10 for another pick and then it's you know all of a sudden that five dollars is into the thousands but they're not expecting a, a foot pick for a thousand dollars um i'm just wondering if, if you're seeing things like that as well on your end yeah i mean listen you, you know they it starts out very small grooming is a process that we say when pedophiles try to groom their victims it starts out on a much lower scale send me a picture of your you in a in a, your little skirt and the girl does and i'll give you ten dollars mm -hmm. send me a picture now in your bra for $20 and it goes up and up and up. Send me a naked picture, send me a picture of you touching yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is what we're seeing. We're seeing the enticement and that's what you have. It's enticement for these kids to get money, to get gifts, to get things on the computer, to get a computer, to do anything thinking that they're safe. And what happens right. is not only is the predator taking advantage and has these photos, but then he then goes and he spreads them among his community mm -hmm. of paraphernalia and pedophilia. And we see these pedophile sex crimes and we see these rings where girls who never knew that their photograph was being passed around is now passed around in these kind of black market pedophile rings. So you don't even know where those photographs are going. You have no idea. So all these TikTok girls that are gyrating and doing all these things, I think that's why the article, the headline was, pedophiles are having a field day mm -hmm. with these photographs. Uh, and it's interesting you bring up an article. So I'm not sure if you had a chance to see the article, how Teen Vogue was on Snapchat, basically teaching how to sext. As I was reading this, you know, okay, look, if you're an adult and this is what you're doing, I mean, I, I'll always say, look, that's your decision and you need to understand how many ways your picture can wind up online. Fine. But this, we're talking about teens here, which is where my mind kind of gets blown. Because when you have Teen Vogue on an app that is catering to tweens and teens, and you're basically essentially promoting the act of taking and sending nude photos, to me, this is mind boggling. If you had any advice for anyone who's taking those photos, could you explain to a parent or, or a teenager under 18 who's listening right now what the legal consequences could be if that photo winds up getting out? And, and it doesn't have to get out on purpose. The person they send it to could send it by accident. They could be hacked. There's a million ways it could get out. There's a million ways. And we see it a lot in these situations, boyfriend, girlfriends. Let's mm -hmm. suppose 13 or or 50, whatever, that tween, teen age, suppose they're having sexual contact with one mm -hmm. of them. You can't stop that. I always say I'm not the sex police. I can't, right. you know, what's right. going on is going on. But let's suppose they photograph themselves or the boyfriend takes a picture of her. The first offense in Florida, if they're caught with it, it's a civil violation, basically. They're, they have to go to a class to learn about sexting, the harmfulness, they have to pay a fine. It still goes on their record. Second time, it's increased more. The third time they're caught doing it, they are, they're going to court. And I always tell parents and kids, 
you don't understand that what you're doing now stays with you forever. Mm -hmm. You might not think, well, I'm only in sixth or seventh grade. And so a college or an employer later on isn't going to look at stuff like this. When it involves a sex case, they are looking at this stuff. And anybody will tell you, we're going to start looking at your record. And if you have something sexting, sexual abuse, sexual pornography, participating in, in, a, in a, it's promoting sexual performance of a child. By sending that one picture, you could destroy the rest of your life. Yeah. And what parents need to understand is it's not a joke. So when I see Teen Vogue, and we all know that sex sells, we know right. that for a fact, right. um, nobody calls them out on it. No one says, you know, what you're doing is promoting an illegal criminal act. I participate in social media. You can't help it. I do mm-hmm. what I have books that I promote. What people don't understand is that when you do things like that you, and you try to delete, you know this, mm-hmm. you can delete it and it's out of your view, mm-hmm. but they can always go back and we can always find it and we can always see the things that you have deleted. And so while parents think that it's not a crime, what's the big deal? So she sent a picture of herself. We have to educate them and let them know that it is a crime and it only leads to bigger things. And I always tell girls, if your self-esteem is that low, if you have to feel the necessity in order to, for this guy to like you, if he asks you to send you a picture, please know that if you do, it's against the law. These celebrities are half dressed on Instagram. They are flaunting themselves. People follow them. People think they're fabulous. So I think entertainment and celebrity has a lot to do with what's going on in this day and age. It just does. People want to be famous. And how do they get famous? They make a sex tape. So sending out that photo, there's clearly legal consequences. But like yeah. you said, you know, I think it's important that anybody listening understands that, like you said, it might be out of your view. But once it's out, there is no possible way for anybody to know when and where it might resurface because you can't control the receiver of that content, right? And you as a sender and a receiver in Florida can be, can be held responsible. If you send anything, if you transmit that photograph, mm-hmm. you can get in trouble. And if you receive that, it's in your possession. Now you're possessing maybe child pornography. We tell kids, listen, report it right away to law enforcement, to the school, to a counselor. You won't be getting in trouble. You can say, right. I got this. I didn't ask for it. I didn't solicit it. And right. that's the way you can kind of save yourself from being kind of caught up in this wheel of pornography. What if someone was to be on uh, TikTok or Snap or, or Instagram and, or even a text and they request a nude from their significant other or from a complete stranger for that matter, um, and that individual doesn't do it or, or screen? I always tell people copy, print, and save things like that. You know, yeah. somebody's threatening you or what would you say um, if they ever received a request like that? What, would, what should I do? Well, the exact thing that you just said, screenshot it, save it, and you can report it to law enforcement. Okay. And you can say, this person's on there soliciting kids, asking for photographs, asking for pictures, and let law enforcement take it from there. You know, sometimes we're able to track down the IP address, figure out where it's coming from. But all of these things, like I said, there's not even one crime that comes off of a bad photo. There could be a myriad of crimes mm-hmm. that, that can come off solicitation, possession, performance of all of these different things are intertwined. And that's the problem. These kids don't realize. They do feel like they're Teflon. They do think that it's never gonna happen to them. And I'm here to tell you as a prosecutor and from someone who lectures in the schools like you do, Mm -hmm. I get these phone calls all the time. 
a lot of the phone calls is if you don't send me the photograph, you better get in the bathroom, meet me in the bathroom. And if you don't give me oral sex, if you don't do this, then I'm sending out a photo. I'm doing something. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's where we see a lot of these cases now starting to really make an impact. And that's where you have the bad part of technology as opposed to the great part of technology. We have a camera on our phone. We could take beautiful pictures, you know? Right, right. Listen, I've had, I have a, a horrific story of a girl who went out who was young 13 she loved using the phone didn't have a lot of friends so she started conversing on um i think it was snapchat snapchat or instagram one of those and somebody sent her a direct message and claimed to be uh, a 14 year old girl and they had talked on the phone and they and they had gotten sex which is very interesting it was two girls but kind of getting sexual with each other, talking about basically what they would do on a date with a guy. Okay. And the four, the fake 14 year old said, you know what, why don't you meet me after school? He said, I'll meet, meet me at the library, my uncle will bring me and then he'll, he'll drive us to wherever we wanna go and then he'll take you home. And she said, that sounds great, fine. Because they had talked and chatted and whatever. And sure enough, she got to the library and this guy gets out of the car and says to her, are you so-and-so? And she said, yeah. He said, well, listen, I know that you're supposed to meet my niece and come in the car with me and I'll take you to her. Do I have to say the rest of the story? She gets in the car, he drives off with her, he takes her into a field and then he says to her, you're gonna deal with me, but you know, you thought you were talking to my niece, but remember, and proceeded to rape her. So, that's just one story. And that's just talking about how you're talking to people, strangers. Yeah. You're giving out addresses. You're giving out phone numbers. You don't ever tell anybody where do you go to school? What grade are you in? What activities you like? You have no idea who's behind that screen. That screen works as a mask, basically. Yeah. This really does happen. Yeah. I mean, and parents, of course, lots of times it's parent when, when it's two young kids and it's a sexual thing, the parents always say, I don't want to, maybe I don't want to prosecute. It's my friend's kid. It's my friend. But when you start that kind of display where you don't want to prosecute, you don't want to go forward, then you're kind of sending a message to everybody else that it's not important. It is important. And it's important for people to know what the rules are. You have to sit down and you have to tell your kid, this is illegal. Right. If need be, show them the statute. I bring the statute, I blow it up, I show them the statute. I, go, I do a whole number where I go, this is what your kids are doing on TikTok. <laughs> you know what? Guess what? It's not just dancing, whatever. It's what these pedophiles think is great gyration. This is what gets them excited. This is what gets them to kind of send a direct message. So switching gears, I've heard quite a bit in the press recently about teachers and students having some rather inappropriate relationships. And I'm just wondering if you're seeing that on your end as a prosecutor. People always ask me, what do you think it is that, that all of a sudden it's become that teachers and students have began, begun to engage in this kind of behavior. I think it's been going on for a very long time. I just think that years ago, it was just so hidden. You didn't have the phones. You didn't have the people talking. You maybe had a teacher that met a, you know, a student after class a long time or whatever. Right. Now it's become so prevalent with the phone that they, and, and, and a lot of times, a lot of the classes now have open door policies, which I think are great, but it also becomes, listen, the teacher has everybody's phone number, you have the teacher's number. And if you're made of that as a pedophile and a manipulator, if you've got that genetic makeup, mm -hmm. this is very appealing that every girl in the classroom now, you have their phone number. And I've had a series of cases with male teachers and female teachers 
many female teachers who are engaging with younger guys, thinking of course, and I think that the real thinking of this is, he's never gonna tell because this is, this is great. Yeah, yeah. Great, who am I gonna tell? I'm with the teacher. Generally, we see the grade is better. The teacher's giving him access to a lot of things and they never think it's gonna get out. And it's never the boy that tells. That's the, on, on a female and a boy situation, it's very rarely that the boy tells. What happens is it gets out and somebody else tells. Okay. He tells a friend, "What well, you know what's so great? I'm having sex with Mrs. Jones, my fourth period teacher. That kid then goes and reports it. And I think the teacher's feeling is, he's never gonna testify against me. Why would he testify against Power, me? right? Power, and we, unfortunately, a lot of our cases end up being pled out because just of that notion, the, the kid doesn't want to testify. Which differs, of course, from the teacher and the student who doesn't want to consensually engage in anything and they're in a classroom together and he grabs her or he calls her over and he puts his arm around her and he grabs her, you know, whatever. I mean, that, that dif that, that's a little bit different. But we are seeing a ton of inappropriate relationships and all over the text, all over the phone. Yeah. So if a, if a student is listening or a parent of a student's listening and if something like that happens, copy, print, save and law enforcement, I, I guess is the appropriate step. Listen, you, you have to be, um, I always tell people the one important thing that we all have, even if we don't have all the legal knowledge, if we haven't gone to law school, we're not prosecuting is we have common sense, right? Use it. Don't be afraid to use your common sense. If someone is sending you something and you're like, what? Screen save it and send it away. If someone sends you something that to you appears to be a solicitation, show it to your mother, show it to your mother. Look at this. I didn't ask for this. I didn't engage in this. If a teacher appears to be spending an off a teacher, a coach, someone, we have a lot of the coaches at school too, that seems to be spending a lot of time with your kid. And I'm not saying that that's bad because sometimes, it, but if they're starting to do things that you have to question, why are you spending so much time? There is no practice today. Why are you calling him so much? Why are you texting him? Why are you doing, then you need to start asking some questions. Yeah. What's going on here? Something appears to be a little bit, don't be scared. A lot of parents are very fearful that the kid isn't going to talk to them anymore. You better be safe than sorry. That's why in this kind of genre with sex crimes, you got to be a little bit of a helicopter. If you had any advice for parents who might be listening, because for them, thinking about their, their baby, if you will, taking and sending nude photos of themselves, first of all, a lot of parents are going to say, not my kid. I mean, right. that, that I hear um, all the time. Yeah. You know, my, my kid would never do that until there, there's until a problem, right? Um, so if you're a parent, or if you had any advice for parents who have handed their child technology, whether they believe their child would do it or not, if they have kids who are on social media, um, one, they have to understand if you're on social media, then by default, you're going to be exposed to things like this. You may right. not be directly involved in it, but you're going to be exposed to it. It's like driving a car and not passing a, a drunk driver or a texturing driver at this point. You know, you can do everything you can to avoid that, but it doesn't mean you're not going to come into contact with it. But as, as, as a prosecutor and someone who has seen so much, what advice would you have for parents to spark the conversation? about what we're talking about today, about the gro about grooming and exploitation and the things they really need to consider. One, before they take that photo. Two, if they receive that photo. And three, if they, if they do observe something that's really inappropriate online, how can we spark that conversation with our kids? You know, it's very interesting that you ask that because when I go and I talk to the assemblies, you can see the kids kind of rolling their eyes. And I always say to them, I see you rolling your eyes. I see you making faces. I always ask the question, how many of you don't have phones? 
Of course, nobody raises their hand. And then I say, how many of you are on social media? Everybody raises their hand. And it's hard to kind of keep your kid off of it. You have to be able to be very frank and very honest. And you have to be able to say, listen, I read in the newspaper, pull up an article, pull anything up that's tangible. Instead of them thinking, oh, it's just my mother or father telling me a stupid story. There are a million articles on Google about sexting, about the problems in schools, about what happens to kids if they get caught with it, and about the headlines about pedophilia. And show them that this is real. The reality is you are going to see naked photos. You are going to see sexual escapades. Sure. If it ever becomes where it's on your phone or someone's trying to get to you or talk to you, you need to be able to tell me. Yeah. Because what's going to happen is if you don't come to me and tell me and I don't report it, you're going to end up getting in trouble because someone's going to report you. And then the police officer is going to say, why didn't you tell anybody? Right. You have to understand that as a receiver, you too can be it. I think that's what kind of gets them. Not only can you, for, if you send a photo like this, but if you receive a photo and don't tell anybody, you too can get in trouble. And that kind of freaks them out. Like, well, I didn't ask for it. Right. We know you didn't ask for it, but you have to be able to say where it came from and all those things. So parents really have to be able to kind of put their pan, big pants on and say, I'm yeah. not afraid to talk about vaginas and penises and blowjobs and oral sex and what can happen. Right. We all have to discuss it. It's uncomfortable for five minutes as opposed to five years in the state attorney's office if God forbid your kid's a victim because that's how long it sometimes can take. The emotional, the psychological distress that it causes kids to go through, you don't want it. So have the conversation. Don't be nervous about it. You're going to be uncomfortable for a little bit. If you have a problem and if you don't think you can get the words up, pull up an article. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. say, here, I'm not lying to you. Look at this thing about TikTok. You can go on Google. There's a million articles about teachers having sex with kids, them getting in trouble, having to testify. The media has been pretty good about that, which is good for me because mm -hmm. I do have something tangible to show. It's not just me up here yapping, making yeah. it up. Because, you know, yeah. here it is. The, the real story to tell parents is don't be afraid to have a conversation. Yeah. If, you're, if they're old enough to have a phone that connects them to to 7 billion people, then you should be mature enough to have that conversation. If you want to hand them something that could be their biggest enemy, you better be prepared to talk to them about it. And that's what you need to say to them. And if I have to take this phone and the police want to do a forensic dump on it and there's stuff on this phone, you're going to be in real trouble. Deleting yeah. it is not going to do anything. Don't be afraid to get your friends in trouble. You, you come first. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. Does so. Another question I hear from from a lot of students is: Does delete mean delete? In other words, someone gets a picture; it's something that can get them in trouble. They don't tell anyone, but they push delete. Now the investigation comes to their phone. If the police do have their phone, does delete really mean delete, or does the police yeah. have the way to find that photo? The technology is so far advanced; these forensic guys can find anything, right? And they do. Um, and and that's kind of what you have to tell the kids: Listen, they've got this advanced technology. Right. And just like you're so good on the phone of hiding stuff and putting stuff away, they're just as good at retrieving it. Right. Right. And I think a lot of people forget that, you know, they, they thought, ah, now it disappeared. It's, it's, it's gone. Or, ah, I deleted that. This, it's gone. And they don't realize a lot of times part of the benefit of technology, the permanence piece, like you wanted to save that thing that was really awesome. Well, if you ever deleted it by accident, there are ways to get that thing back. And that's great for you when you wanted to get it back. But I think far too many people, as you said earlier, they put it out of their purview and they delete it and they think it's gone and they don't realize that that thing that could have gotten them in a lot of trouble could still be sitting right there. And listen, I think it's important, you know, while we try to tell them that this is the reality, 
The other, the flip side to that is, listen, if you take a reasonable step to stop it, to do something about it, you'll be okay. Mm -hmm. If you just tell someone, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to lead to a criminal prosecution. Lots of times these things can be mediated out. We sit down, we talk to them, we tell them what can go on if you do it again, you know? So you don't, you know, you want to put that fear in that they can be in trouble, but also let them know that you can stop it. You can stop it. You can, you can not hit that send button. You can say to yourself, you can have more self-esteem in your, in yourself and say, I don't need to send this to prove myself. And I tell girls that a lot of times, what are you doing? You're trying to show me of a good body. Do you realize you're going to get in trouble for that? I mean, and to and to echo what you just said, you know, if you're someone who maybe sent that photo, and, and again, we're, I'm referring to minors here because <clears throat> adults, you're not breaking a legal law. You might have a whole other host of problems if your photo yeah, gets out. But right. for minors, if you did send that photo <clears throat> and maybe you realize afterwards, gosh, I, I shouldn't have done that. The best thing to do is, is to tell someone because the longer awesome. it's out there, the bigger the problem can be, right? That's exactly right. But, and you know, if you sent that picture and that other person that you sent it to, if they then disseminate it to 20 people or 25 people, all of that, it's, it's like, you have to look at it like a domino effect. Mm -hmm. Everybody who transmits it and receives it is going to have an issue. Mm -hmm. And so that's what they really need to know about. And, and it's a hard sell. I know yeah. that. And that's why war stories and real life events are going to let them know that this, we really mean business. Well, I really appreciate your time. You mentioned war stories. I don't know if, if there is a war story that you think everyone should hear, like the, the story of all stories that's really going to help bring home everything you've said today. I think it's important for your listeners to also know that it doesn't just always involve the phone. The phone mm -hmm. could be the, the phone. The catalyst, right? Is the catalyst to lead to other things. And so we have to know that sexual abuse in and of itself is widespread even without the phone that they have to make sure that if somebody is soliciting them grooming them harming them spending time with them they have to have the ability to tell that's the other message that i try to get out there uh, you know i had a, a stepfather that was living in the house with twin sisters he was using the phone in a way he would text them to see where they are what time they were getting home things of that nature they were 13 years old. He had sex with one of the twins. She never told, she never said anything to anybody. She showed the text messages and nothing was done, which is another interesting thing. Nothing was ever done by the text messages. When she decided not to come home anymore, he started from school, the other twin would go home and he started having sex with the other twin. I'm telling this story because one day when the mother was home with them, the one daughter said, I don't feel good. Can you please go to Walgreens and get me like Pepto-Bismol? I have a stomach ache. And the mother said yes. And when the mother left, by the time she got back 20 minutes later, the daughter had given birth in the bathroom oh. to a three pound baby in the bathroom. She never told anybody that she was pregnant. She never said anything. It was the stepfather. They had seen, they, they saw these text messages. She tried to get help. And I know that this is a major war story, but I want people to know that this really happens. And so that we take from the family situation mm -hmm. where she was 13, giving birth, didn't know, tried to get help. That's the sexual abuse within the family. Mm -hmm. When we start involving technology and you start allowing private messages 
to somebody and giving them information and developing a relationship. And that person says, I'll come pick you up and then starts having sex with you. And all the things that go from the family situation to the stranger situation, it's all within the possibility and it all happens. And so the reality of sex crimes taking place, not only in the house, but with strangers that you've met through technology are extremely real. I had another case where the girl met the guy, he DM'd her, they started talking. She was being homeschooled, she was 12 years old. She told him where she lived. She told him that the mom was at work. She gave the address, she said, I'm home. He started talking, he said, I'll come over. She let him in the house, he had a gun, he put the gun to her head and he raped her, okay? Mom mm -hmm. was away. So that the idea of private information, talking to people that you don't know, telling people your address. And not only that, not only did she put herself in danger that she could have been killed, she put her whole family in danger because the guy's got the address now of where she lives. Absolutely. So please, pe parents, if you're listening, kids, if you're listening, this is real. This is true. You can, anybody can come to my office and pull these files and see these cases um, and these police reports. It's happening. It's happening a lot. And we've got to kind of get control and get a grip on it. The first thing to do is to stop sending naked pictures. That could be the start of everything. <laughs> yeah, I can see your passion and thank God for people like you that, that do the work that you do to try and to try and stop this. Cause I can, you know, our listeners can't see, but I can see you and I can, I can see your passion and, um, and I thank you so much. If, and I'll let you go. I have one final question that you sparked in yeah. my head when you were talking about the girl, the twin girls. Yeah. If there is someone listening right now, because we are under, we're under quarantine. So a lot of people are home. And yes. even outside of quarantine, people are, are still in their homes. If you are an individual who is being abused, what advice would you have for them? Who can they go to or what, what, what can they do to try and escape that abuse? Okay. Go to someone that you can trust. Okay. If you need to call that abuse hotline, way 900 in, in your area, you can find out. Call the abuse hotline. It's anonymous. Okay. Somebody will come out. Somebody will see you call law enforcement, go to your school resource officer in school, go to a teacher that you trust, mm -hmm. go to a, a guidance counselor, go to a friend. So many of our cases come about because a, a girl or a boy told their friend, their friend then told their mother and their mother made the call because they were too afraid to tell their own mother. Right. They felt funny about it. It's the mom's husband, the family dynamics. So anybody that you can trust, you shouldn't suffer in silence. Yeah, Stacey, I, uh, first of all, I thank you for your time today. And, and like I said earlier, what, what you do. It's a very heavy subject and it takes a very special, passionate person to do it. I, I really appreciate you doing this. I think it's so crucial. And I think too many people kind of blow it off. It's like, oh, big deal. They texted a picture. I'm telling you that what this can lead to, this is kind of, you can go down the rabbit hole starting off with something is as kind of minor that you might say is texting a picture of yourself. So I appreciate you letting me talk. And certainly um, I'm here. If anybody has any questions, they can feel free to get in touch with me. Thanks, Stacy. Well, you have a great day. Cheers. I just want to thank you all again for the privilege of your time. We also want to thank everybody who submitted a voicemail and email to be on the show. 
we are reviewing all of your stories and we will be in touch. If you like what you hear, please be sure to follow us and like us on Apple Podcast and Stitcher. You can learn more about the podcast, including how you can leave us a voicemail or an email to be on the show where people can share ideas, thoughts, stories, and support, as well as learn more about some of our featured guests and downloadable documents and other information we'll be providing as the season continues. For all of this information and more, please visit our website at www.iroc2iroc2.org forward slash podcast. Thank you all so much again for listening. I look forward to telling you more stories and hearing your stories. Remember, you're listening to this on a tool that connects you to billions of people. So use that tool to be amazing. Be well, friends. Cheers. Cheers.